That was a fun song that Ralph sang on, <laughs> yes. on The Muppet Show. I, I, re- I remember it fondly. I, li- I like um, that one. Yeah. I'm a big Rolf guy, you know, Dr. Dog. Oh man, I I I always I would I felt like he got he got the shaft when it came to uh the uh, by the way, I must say I I actually enjoyed the ABC show The Muppets. It did not bother me in the least bit. Uh but I didn't like that they made Rolf the like bartender slash owner or whatever for the place they went to after work as opposed to like a piano player or anything like that for the show. Like it just I don't know, kinda Kind of took the wind out of my sails for the character a little bit on that. Dennis. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. but yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean that that goes without saying but i mean there's yeah. been nothing but weird voices in regards to the muppets ever since we had the original crew like either stop completely or phase the get phased out by you know the the studies yeah and then and then phase those out for some reason but um yeah no i i get it i i think it's cool um there's a group that I follow called uh, Things Are Getting Sketchy. And every once in a while, they'll do something that's Muppet-themed. And I say every once in a while, it's probably about once a month. And mm, the last time they did something that was Muppet-themed, it was, okay, take a horror movie and mix you know, the Muppets to it. Or take a wrestler and mix the Muppets to it. So you had like like Beaker and Gonzo as like Macho Man Randy Savage and The Undertaker and stuff. And it's like, oh man, they get some really creative things. And and one of them, the reason I mentioned is they had Rolf and uh, I, I I forget um, who he was, but he was a wrestler. Like maybe he was like Junkyard Dog with a chain on him, you know. And I'm like, this is brilliant. You know, it's like <laughs> ultimate synergy. I love to see <laughs> the Muppets w- combined with Hellraiser. Yeah. Kermit as Kermit as Pinhead. I swear I've seen a Gonzo Pinhead or a Piggy or something, but yeah, that would. So Kermit would be the obvious choice for the head Cenobite. We have such sights to show you. (laughs) Sheesh. Just take the deal. Sheesh. (laughs) Did they do Ralph as Macho Man Savage on uh, Muppet Babies? I don't know. That's that's a good question, brother. 
So it's, I mean, that's right there. That's low hanging yeah. fruit. That's that's. Uh, hey, I'm just a dog. What do I know, <laughs> brother? Like, why does he sound southern? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I had to remind uh, Ashes. We were uh, they just had me on to talk about uh, the electric mayhem. I had to remind her that Janice was on Muppet Babies. Then she looked it up mid episode. She's like, "Oh my god!" And do you know who did the voice? Dave Coulier. And I'm like, "No, <laughs> for sure, exactly." <laughs> For sure, man. I have strong opinions about the, the vocal stylings of uh, Dave Coulier after he took over Peter Venkman on the real Ghostbusters. So, eh, you know, to each their own. The but guy, that's the a guy, horse of a different color. <laughs> that guy went for a job and he, he got it. So, you know, good for him. It's not his fault that they decided to go that direction. <laughs> yeah. That way. Cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. That guy was all over Nickelodeon too. Like, and I, and I know like we'll get to amalgam and all that, but I just wanted to say like as a out of control, Nickelodeon, out of control. Yep, That's how I learned. Cut it out. Yep. And then he showed up on full house. And I was like, Hey, I know this guy. That's the he guy who the wears the aquamarine colored blazer on that show on Nickelodeon. Yep. Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yeah, I said it like that on purpose. I had a hard time with Nickelodeon when I was like four, like saying the word. I find that endearing. So <laughs> Nickelodeon. I also had a hard time saying hospital correctly. So I always said hospital. So it, it sounds like a place that rabbits would go to when they were hurt. To convalesce and what have you. It's where you can find Peter Rabbit and all of his friends after they've been wounded egregiously, rather. Even, by Farmer by, McGregor. By, by <laughs> old man McGregor, the farmer. Because he was tired of them stealing all of his carrots and turnips and such. He stole my new red shoes, he did. <laughs> so I had to beat him to death with his own shoes. Own shoes. <laughs> all that's right, a that's, different story that's like the altogether. That's equivalent of putting your hand on a bat and Brandon just put it on the top. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not worthy. Okay, all right, fine. You got nothing! Zip! Zilch! Nada! Good day, sir! <laughs> Sir, do you realize I could just reach into the open side of that safe? <laughs> oh, no, <it's> <laughs> oh, shit. I wasn't expecting that. That was fantastic. That was. <laughs> uh, Sir, you do realize that your safe is actually the exact opposite of what its title is. How right? is it standing? Because it only has two legs and they're on the same side. <laughs> Sir, we're going to need to know how you managed, well, quite frankly, all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to need your chocolatier and anti-gravity technology. <laughs> maybe, maybe he had. What like, if Carl Sagan owned Cadbury? Wait, what? Oh wow! <laughs> I, I'm I'm posing this one. He owns the Reality Stone, and that's why his his <laughs> his area is so warped. And that's what the Everlasting Gobstopper is. You know, the actual one. That's something, huh? The Everlasting. Go that's why it's everlasting. It, yep. it defies reality. I, it's it's been here it. from the beginning of existence when it it's was, the, you know, created. How many can we make? There's only one. What? How, what? How, how does that? How does that work? Slugworth is another rival cosmic being. You know, he's Loki. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Look at look at him. He's, he's a trickster, man. He's, he's trying to fucking steal shit and trick people and get them onto his side without them ever actually getting a benefit from it. That's Loki 
all fuck. That's Loki for the rest of the day. So Imp is probably Augustus Gloop, and then you've got uh, let's see, Star Fox is uh, I guess would he be Charlie or no? He'd probably be no. Mike TV. Um, no, no, you'd be Veruca. He'd be for okay. He's used to, to getting what he wants. <laughs> yeah, he's used to getting what he wants. I want it there now. Yeah. He manipulates the feelings of in in what have you of others. That's oh, Ruka. I was gonna say the in betweener because he's kind of a regu- He's kind of like a cosmic mm. piece of crap. <laughs> uh, they could go with Mike TV on that one. Would the uh, Oompa Loompas be uh, Than- Thanos? Oh, who would the Oompa Loompas be? Well, they're both scrolls. Patrol. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I said imp. I I meant Pip. Yeah. Pip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I've been Oompa reading Loompas? too many Wildcats comics, <laughs> which are pretty I, good. <laughs> I, uh, mm, yeah, that's a good question. You know, Oompa Loompas are the Animen, <laughs> just full on. Oh, wow. There's... Yeah. So we're, we're going like, that whole thing and, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know enough about Marvel Cosmic going back to the 70s and 80s that I can pull references like that out of my ass. Charlie is Quasar, maybe. Ooh. Hmm. You don't want to make him Adam Warlock? I feel that's too on the nose. Okay, fair enough. So is Willy Wonka Adam Warlock? There you go. Unless unless he is like the living tribunal or something, but No. Yeah. No. I think Adam Warlock because he's trying he's trying to find a new keeper of the watch. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool and uh <laughs> fucking we are such fucking nerds. I ooh. swear to God. Grandpa's what? a watu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Joe, because he does nothing his entire yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, right. Good call. All he does is watch. Yeah, that sounds like Grandpa Joe. All right. <laughs> you mean you could fucking walk this whole time? No time for that. <laughs> Let's get to the chocolate factory. <laughs> the boat is like driving on the on the Bifrost or something. You know, it's like thing <laughs> writes itself. You know. <laughs> What it what this thing is that's writing itself? I have no idea. Oh, I I don't know. You know, it's it's, it's uh, some sort that of that being figure. said. I had three fajitas and several shots of tequila for dinner tonight, so it's gonna be fun. Oh, by the way, it, it but it's fine. The tequila that that I've been drinking, it's it's non-alcoholic. Oh, okay. See? Well, that's that the makes shot glass says so. So is, uh, is that the rocks tequila? The Coke back. Nice. <sighs> Mexican Coke. It's yep. an important difference. I had one of those uh, yesterday. Oh, man. The Mexican Coke makes all the difference using it as a chaser. It's much, much smoother. And that was real <clears throat> non-alcoholic tequila, kids. So, yeah, at <laughs> first I was I was worried it might be like RC Cola or Moxie, but, um, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, Moxie. Yeah. If our listeners can... don't know what Moxie is, it's basically Vicks Vapor Rub Soda, you know, or yeah, Pop that's fair. in the Midwest. It, it tastes like medicine. Yeah. It's, it's medicine-flavored soda. I can drink it only, only, and not I'm saying, I mean, I enjoy it thoroughly, but I can only drink it if it's absolutely ice cold. I mean, like almost With a the menthol point. cigarette in the other in the other hand. Oh, <laughs> those would be the days, man. Nineteen <laughs> year old me would be in heaven. There's um, a uh, there's a uh, Moxie shop in the town I used to work at over in Clinton, Connecticut. Oh, geez. I mean, yeah. you can find Moxie everywhere in the state of Maine. No, like, no, this is like a, a, a actual like location. 
Wow. Yeah, no, I believe I believe okay. it. I'm saying like you could probably find it in Maine too because it's the official soft drink of Maine. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That and coffee milk—that's what they love up there. They put yeah. coffee syrup in their in their milk and drink it. They're they're fans of all kinds of weird stuff uh, up that way. Did you know the toothbrush was invented in Maine? That would shock me. If it was invented anywhere else, they'd have called it a teeth brush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, just kidding Maine. just kidding we have listeners uh, in maine well i mean if we do and, and they revisit our our library of episodes uh sorry <laughs> yeah, greetings to uh stephen king and all of our other listeners in maine i don't know who else is up there. like ghostbusters afterlife you're my subscriber yeah exactly <laughs> speaking of yeah, ghostbusters, yeah the episode uh, really found its voice in number 46 just like us <laughs> uh justin did i perform good self-control today uh did you, did you see my post in in uh no oh crap no i didn't see it so oh. i uh oh yeah I, you didn't you didn't buy them yeah, yeah yeah a whole bunch of ghostbuster stuff i oh, i actually yeah, was yeah, right up the street that. from an ollie's and i'm like i should go yeah <laughs> Yeah, were those all like original, real Ghostbusters? Oh, it's the, it's the um, uh, the ones that came out at like Walmart, I think. Okay. Recently. Yeah, they. Uh... So, uh, what made you change your mind? Was Megan at the store with you? She was, but I. I was... <laughs> okay, there we go. I got it. I don't need well, any any further explanation. I was thinking, like, where am I going to put them? And you know, I and also that had... your wife was in the store with you, yeah. and she was going to be like, "Why the fuck are you buying those?" Yeah, once again, I no, got she, it. She had Rid no problem. She had no problem with it. She left me in the toy aisle for quite a long time, and well, yeah, because she knew you were going to fucking go there. The diff- it was a test, Leo, and you yeah. passed. She was like, "I'm oh. going to leave you here." But I don't expect to see you leave with an armful of toys. Yeah. You're like, who's gonna? I can promise, I can promise one thing. Yeah, I can't promise both. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I did leave with like a dozen graphic novels, though. You did get that Batman, right? Uh, the Elseworlds one. Uh, the uh, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, with the mask. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I got, I got that one, and yeah, they had a bunch of other Batman books. Uh, I totally one of them. That one. What Elseworlds Batman book was it? it? No, it was like a collection. Oh, oh, like it, was it the one yeah. with the vampire on the front, like volume one or whatever? Uh, no, that's two, I think, or two. I don't know. I, yeah, that's two, know. and then three is uh, let's see. So three looks like this. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I have nope. them all digitally. I mean, I have every else world physically, like no, that's yeah, two. Yeah. Okay, got one more, and the other one has uh, Batman. Uh, as the that's it. Yep. That's, that's okay. it. so that's one cool. That's yeah. that's actually harder to find. So, yeah, I I, I mean, I have them all individually. I, I, I bought them, I hunted them all down, and I brought the fucking pull sheet with me to every goddamn comic convention and comic store I stepped into. Oh, I do like, that too for like seven <laughs> to ten years. Um, and my collection is complete, uh, as it were, for that. I've I've recently decided I I want to get all of the Armageddon two thousand one books. Oh, cool! That's that's a good way to go. I did um the Marvel books. Uh, I forget what year it was that had that Marvel frame around it, where they had like all the characters around them. I got every one of those books, including a Thor book, and I swore I would never buy a Thor book. So, but I had like the GI Joe power pack, like all of them. So, 
that was that was fun. You know, um, uh, we're we're talking about Elseworlds and stuff, and we're, you know, we're obviously going to be getting into like stuff for Comics Paradox, but uh, something I've I've honestly never brought up in conversation with you guys or anybody for that matter, uh, and maybe you can help do some digging on this. I would really appreciate it because I've come up with precisely bupkis in the years since it, it came out. Peter David wrote a what if <clears throat> funny enough, it was before red Hulk existed. Okay. And it was what if general Thunderbolt Ross had become the Hulk. And uh, you know, instead of Bruce being the one exposed to the gamma bomb radiation, it's, it's, it's Thunderbolt and he becomes big and, greenish gray with the mustache and and the crew cut still and everything but he's just you know hulkish um peter david's original ending apparently got changed when they finally went to publish it and everything i've read and this is like where all the information stops like i can't find anything back or forwards from it. Um, they had to change it because fans guessed what the ending was. Oh, no kidding. And I have no fucking idea what the end was going to be. What year would I've, this have been? Oh, man. Let's say I mean, it's Peter two, David. So he had what? Like a thousand year run. Yeah. 2004, um, let me see. What if General Ross had become the Hulk? 2004 would have been... Right yep. about- oh, damn, I was spot on. It was 2004. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that never happens. I, I guess that right off the bat. Um, yeah. Uh, that's literally the name of it is What if General Ross had become the Hulk? And it was one of those, um, like, one-shot dailies that they were doing, you know, when they, they had, like, special presentations of what-ifs that they would throw out, like, you know, six of them or something like that. Uh, but apparently, fans guessed the end, and so they had to quickly come up with a, a different ending. Do you know who and the I, editor for the book is? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Da-da-ba-da-ba. C.B. Sabluski and John Barber. Sabolski, sorry. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's huge at Marvel. He's probably tough to get a hold of, but maybe John Barber could um, answer the question. Maybe that would be someone we could reach out to. Okay. Maybe. Because I did yeah. get a hold of Kurt Busiek. He said he would a- a- answer any questions that we had about that uh, Secret Identity series. Really? Yeah, That's he did say that he couldn't come on, but he said he would answer them via email if we had him. So. Oh, that'd yeah, be- I mean... I, I don't have a problem trying to figure it out and dive into it. I'll, I'll look into it too. You know, and see. Yeah. I, I'd appreciate it just cause um, I I've, I've been spinning my wheels on it for a very long time and I actually checked it up again just a couple months ago and I still can't find a fucking thing. Just that people guessed the ending and that it got changed and which frustrates me even further. Cause I'm like, is it so obvious that I should guess the fucking ending just by the question? But I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like, I'm not. I don't know. I, I guess I'm not a big enough Hulk fan to like. 
it could be that because it's like it's like with Star Wars fans where they could they could be like, oh no, that's the wrong type of kyber crystal or something. It's like, dude, I, I wouldn't know, you know. Or like Thor, be like, oh, that's his brother. Be like, he's got a brother. Or like, yeah, Paul's in the brave. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. You know, it's like, sure, sure, if you say so, nerd. Aren't like, you also watching brother? This? <laughs> Aren't you also watching this? Yeah. Shut, shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I've been dying to uh, get a look at those uh, amalgam cards you were talking about. Because I think that you've got more character flesh outs on those than actually shows up in these issues that we're covering. And I was yeah. looking at it. I'm like, all right, what if I got a sealed box of these babies? No, no, <laughs> like $800. <laughs> no, like, sir. But they had they had a uh, holographic cards. They had like um, like all the big ones, like Dark Claw and Super. I think Soul I have the very. Boy. I think I have the very basic like ninety cards that came out like the bare bones collection um i don't i don't think i have any of the holograms or anything i can say that i do for for x-men series one i yeah, absolutely I had that. all those i uh, it took me the longest time to find the one card i was missing which was uh that piece of the danger room the dead center card that had wolverine on it which was an awesome picture from from uh, jim lee and all that and it's like why am I missing this one freaking card? <laughs> then, yeah, that was a lot of, well, let's let's go to this uh, Comic-Con and see if I can find that one card. Or I refuse to buy a set. So <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I really want to, like, I wish I could, like, get one of those, like, double-sided scanner thingies where you could just, like, put a page through so I could collect, like, all of who's who in the DC universe and as a file. Oh yeah, or or like a book or something that would, that would look great. Yeah, I mean, I have all of them. That's why, like, I have every single one of them, and I I actually want to sit down maybe on Monday and actually put them all in like loose leaf dealies to because I have a huge binder that will fit all of them. Uh, and I have I bought enough fucking sheet protectors to put every single bit of it in. Uh. But yeah, like I think about how those like cards, like DC Cosmic cards, Amalgam cards, Marvel classics and all that, and who's who, Marvel handbooks, like how much information they gave. And for something like like Amalgam Comics, like there's so little info purposely given that you have no choice but to turn to such things to get like little tidbits. Someone should write a book about else else worlds or possibly branded or um amalgam and all that and put like an encyclopedia of these characters in that that would be oh. cool like a like a, a source guide or something like that you call it like the source book of amalgam you know you you would have to do it like digitally as like a kickstarter or something like that oh for sure yeah never get published yeah. yeah well that that's the thing is like it's so tricky when you have characters like that that are owned by two different entities that it was obviously contentious for them to get to that point anyway. And then if you want to try to, you know, volumize the, <laughs> the uh, information, even just the bare bones stuff that was provided, like what, what kind of, uh, what kind of legal back and forth will that entail? Yep. Well, all we know is that, um, 
at some point spider-man will be appearing in one of their movies you know it's it's <laughs> right It'll be something like that like, you're like uh, all right we do it but sony gives us venom for the next batman movie they're like that's that's not the same type of venom <laughs> that know? is it's not like... at all the thing that anybody <laughs> wanted sir we understand you just took over uh hbo max but that's not the same thing sir <laughs> you know it's like it's, it's yeah and you know let's just put let's just put venom in it no matter what like poison symbiote you know we say venom people will show up yeah sure. that's that's the lesson we've we've fucking learned in hollywood right I, I think if anything a batman punisher movie would be what what uh kicks it off i think that would be the good one i think logically a batman punisher movie ends absolutely with frank castle behind fucking bars in a supermax prison in a cell like cannibal fucking lecter because as good as frank castle may be at certain things batman will absolutely fucking take him out without murking anybody and that's that that it was a it was a great story actually frank miller and all that and i could see it ending and then he gets taken into arkham and he gets put down and all he's like He's yelling at the Joker, and the Joker actually like stops. He's like, "Ooh, you know, like he intimidates the Joker to stop." I think that would be cool, like a cool ending shot. Is uh, uh is this what you're looking for? That's who's who in the DC universe. Oh, nice. Look, Amanda Waller, Amethyst. Yeah. Oh, that is a good story too. Amethyst. I dig that one. There's uh a bunch of collections. I was able, I just nabbed them all. There's my yeah guy. my my very first DC who's who in the DC universe had Flash on the cover. Um, that's also the same one that contained Booster Gold, and that's where I discovered the character and fell in love with him. My buddy had this old. Um, He's got a like picture of Booster Gold, like cards. in front of Thirty First Century Metropolis, like in, with his hands up, like in kind of a. It looks like a muscle gesture, but he's. It's more of a, a braggadocio type deal, you know the way Booster is. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, like that was my exposure to the character, and and at eight eight or nine years old in third grade, I saw that and I was like, who the fuck is this dude? And I absolutely fell in love with him and nobody shared my opinion whatsoever until <laughs> like 2007. They didn't, they ah, didn't I got that one too. Uh, yeah. Nolcon in the, uh, was it dial H for hero or is that infinity Inc? We'll say that with Nuclon. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's Infinity Inc. Infinity Inc. Okay. Yeah, Dial H for Hero is actually a, a much different thing. Uh, it's cool. It's like a dial, and when you turn it, it give it turns the person who wields the dial into a superhero type of character for like twenty four hours. So who knows what kind of powers or or uh, attributes they may have in that time? Oh, look at uh, the artwork. But it's it's uh it's an amazing that's a comic, so it's not quite the same thing. That's pretty cool. So for all cool. those listening, we're looking at who's who of Legion of Superheroes. And who's who yep, there's Booster and Beetle and Batman. That's uh that's an old school who's yep. who that's uh that's yeah, this is from eighty seven. Looks yep. like it starts in eighty six. So it's yeah. so the who's who starts the year before Booster was uh, uh, released, but yeah, there's Booster's sister. Okay, Michelle. Uh, yep. Let's see. Gold Star. Gold Star. That's weird. Oh yeah, this is great. Like, look at this old art. Yeah, it's, these it's things like not quite George Perez, but like these close. things kicked the shit out of trading cards because they were full blown like loose leaf 
to be put into a binder, like three hole punched right off the bat. Um, oh, cool. And uh, chili. Like they gave you an, an awesome photo on one side and then all the pertinent info for their name, occupation, height, weight, eye color, base of operations, first appearance, uh, and then a history and then their their powers and weapons. Dr. Ubix. <laughs> yeah, personal data, history, and powers Duke of weapons. oil. <laughs> oh my god. Duke of oil. Wow. <laughs> Dynamite. Wow. Yeah, this is this is some crazy stuff. These these are wow, what a treasure trove. Esoc, wow. Fire Fist. Do they have Snowflame? Yeah. Fire I, Fist was a Marvel character too. They they renamed him uh, Rusty. They just probably because name. of this shit. Yeah. It was uh probably around the same time too, maybe a little later, 89-ish. There's a Chris Car- uh, Claremont character from X Factor. Like, wow. Yeah, I have I have all of them from one oh, to gold star. The nice. Final one. Yep. Um, but I I honestly would have to look through each one in order to uh. Oh. To talk about how she died. Oh, I, that's a good question. I don't know if she oh. died that soon if this okay was so so here's the thing like i'm looking at when so when did this this one from it says 85 to 87 but you know like, i'm looking i'm yeah. looking right now at at dc universe infinite.com not that i have a membership anymore because like i'm i'm good thanks they should just open that up well, I mean, the what the who's who thing? No, or, the the DC uh, Infinite thing. It's like you guys just you're not going to make any money on this. Just open it up. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't say I blame them. I mean, they need to charge people to be able to see their back catalog. Marvel does the same thing. I mean, that's that's the guy you were talking about, the chunk. Yeah, that's him right I, there. Yeah, Chester P. Runk. Cool. This is uh. This is tying very nicely into our Speed Demon episode. Yeah. The Crimson Avenger. Uh, but I like I said, I'm I'm looking at uh at DC Universe Infinite right now, and the who's who that that I'm seeing, the the definitive directory of the DC universe, 85 to 87. I don't have any of these. This is not the same series of who's who that I have. Yeah, it, it, it even the setup looks different. Um, that's Dumas, that's they, not Saint Dumas. Yeah, see, see, so you see what the way they have this set up in this, um, yeah. how you have the fo- the picture that they drew, and then the data right there next to or above or whatever. That's not at all how the DC, the who's who in the DC universe stuff that I have looks like. It's more like trading cards where you have a big splash on oh. one side. And then the other side is all of their their info. It's just like a it's like a giant trading card. Yeah, that's that right there. Hold on, go 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 back, go back, go back, go back, go back, back again. What is it? Okay, ninety three update. 
Uh, yeah, this says, yeah, uh, 92 to 93. Yeah, so, so 92 to 93 is what I have. Oh, shit, I wonder if they did one for Amalgam. Yep. Oh, I had I had this whole thing. Candlemaker, I think, is in this one, too. Atomic Skull, nice. Yep. I'm pretty sure Candlemaker's in this. Maybe Deadline as well. Bloodwind. Blood <laughs> this is a. These are uh, from the Blood Syndicate, right? Yep. Candlemaker, there he is, right there. Congorilla, nice, good character. Dark Stars. Oh, that's Rob Liefeld art right there. Oh yeah. Yep. Doomsday. Yep. That's that's yep. a cool pair. Guy, Guy Gardner. Gardner. His is great because his 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 history in this one. It's told from the first person perspective. It's Guy oh, Gardner cool. <laughs> giving you his history and telling you his his powers and weapons. It's it's hilarious. I didn't I didn't see a Guy Gardner character in the JLX, but I I didn't read the first JLX. I just read the the second wave of them. But uh, I don't know. Did you see an amalgam Guy Gardner character? No, I don't think no. so. I think that's a. That's a, a miss misstep on their part. <laughs> oh, the linear men. Yeah, this is um this is where I learned about the linear men was because of DC uh who's who in the DC universe. The Very lurker. cool concept. Yeah, v- vanisher, vanishing point, the lurker. Yep. Yeah, vanishing point, and then uh, there's a great series after um uh Final Crisis with the the vanishing point. It was all Booster Gold taking Green Lantern and Superman and um going to try to save Batman from being an entropy bomb from vanishing point coming forward to the future to destroy like everything. So, yep. That was crazy. And and I feel like nobody read that. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Th- Thunderbolt. I didn't More I don't think... art right there. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. That's crazy. I don't think I ever realized you know for the longest time like I I'd never put two and two together That's on cool the supporting art. cast. Who's who's the artist on that? Can you see the name? Um, it's on. It's um, at the Mike Collins. It's okay. at the bottom of the back of that page. So and turn Jose. the page now. Okay. If you cool. turn the page, go to the bottom. It's it says the. Oh, it does. Uh, oh, uh, Marv Wolfman art, Kevin McGuire and Will Blyberg. Colors by Adrian Roy. Nice. I don't know what Marv Wolfman would have done because I don't believe oh, he. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no, he did text. Sorry. Oh, text. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thrust. I don't even remember that dude. Must what? have. Must have died. He looks like a oh, Zarnian, Legion. though. Legion character. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. He was the basis of uh, for Osmandius in Watchmen. He's a Charlton character. Vigilante 3 was how I was introduced to the character of Vigilante. That's how I learned about Vigilante. It was because of this. I, I didn't realize that that was an Alan Moore written character. I, I had that um, in uh, Best of Alan Moore from the DC Universe book. And I'm like, who the hell's Vigilante? And I was reading it. And I'm like, nice. I'm like, all right, you know, it's okay. The Ray was a, a character that had a lot of potential. And I really love how they they portrayed his powers like visually in the comics. Um, and he just kind of like disappeared. He kind of kind of there's there's nothing for the Ray anymore. He's he's big in Kingdom Come and he's yeah. big yeah, in but the- uh, Final Crisis, but otherwise they forgot about him. I don't even know if it's the same the Ray in Kingdom Come if if it's supposed to be 
the kid that we see there, if it's supposed to be um, his father or whomever it was that was the original Ray. Oh, they I don't think they mentioned. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like he was a big deal in Kingdom Hearts, especially if you read the uh, novelization by Elliot S. Megan, because uh, he, Terry, I think his name was Terry. Um, he always was it Ray. I think uh, it is actually Ray, which is a bit on Ray the Terrell. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's Ray Terrell. Um, and bro, the Ray. Um, he goes to Kansas in Kingdom Come after the whole ripping apart of Captain Adam, and he's working as a a relief helper, and he's working in like the 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 medical areas. And what he's doing, unbeknownst to anybody, is he's going to every single person who had been exposed to lethal amounts of radiation. And he's going and touching them and soothing them, like like just talking with them. But what they don't realize is as he's touching them, he's actually absorbing all of the lethal radiation from their bodies person by person. Yeah, it's it's really cool how we he did that, and I mean they they talked about him like de, um, deradiating the uh, the farmlands and. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's kind of glanced over, but it's there, you know. Yeah, like it, cool. it, he was a much more important character in the great scheme of things than he was given credit for, and that's another one of those things where I say like I loved the Ray as a character, and I also really appreciated the fact that he was a legacy character right from the onset. He was the son of the original Ray who was actually kept from his gifts because of his own mother, who was afraid of what would happen uh, once he, he was exposed to light and he could do the same things his father could. She didn't want to lose him. Uh, and once he finally, he was basically told he was allergic to light. Oh. And once he finally stepped out into the light, he was like, look at all this shit I can do. You fucking serious? You're a liar. And just, you know, flips he, off. He had one of my favorite comic, uh, like costumes. I, I think his and actually we'll see that in JLX when we get into that too because they mixed him with Scott Summers and he had like kind of that really cool like uh, Rocketeer style jacket. Yeah, and the helmet amazing. Even. Oh yeah, the helmet yeah. was reminiscent of the Rocketeer too. Which yeah, he looks uh, so once, cool. Yeah, he really does. I mean, it's like the short sleeve leather jacket and the 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 fucking the fingerless gloves, but it you know as it, it, '90s as it looks. It actually is oh, it still <laughs> it's it's still a style that would work well today. They they did a they did a Ray and the uh, Minutemen I think was it the Minutemen or Ray and the 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 fearless oh, I can't think of it like Human Bomb and um oh Freedom the, Force Freedom Force yeah so Ray and the Freedom Force was a a pretty decent um uh, animation surprisingly you know because like all the characters you're like well. Who do you really care about here? It's like, well, this is mostly about the Ray. You got like Phantom Lady, the Human Bomb, Doll Man, Black Condor, and actually, it was probably one of the better ones. I think <laughs> it was really good. Black Condor, man, he he came and went real quick. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just probably learn a lesson in a second. <laughs> maybe learn a lesson about winged heroes. Just just saying. No it, capes. Man. It's my. My joke about Hawkman, I've said it before, I'll, I'll say it again right now. Ready? It's any point from 1985 to 2010. <clears throat> Hawkman, number one, the beginning of a bold new era. <laughs> yeah. 
Hawkman number two. The end of a bold new era. Because <laughs> nobody bought the first one at all. And, and then <laughs> um and then Hawkman, like you'd have Savage Hawkman and um Dark Knight's Metal was an entire vehicle just to bring back Hawkman. <laughs> Like, that was the big reveal. It's Hawkman! And Brandon's like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, really? You did was it! This, was this necessary? He's sitting over there. He's like, you spent so much time thinking about if you could. You never uh, <laughs> thought if you uh, should. Should. <laughs> yeah, it's for real. Hawkman <laughs> is the only... I don't know if you remember back, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe. Baby Ruth was... They had a couple of commercials with superheroes on them. Oh, that's funny. Well, one of them was with a superhero named The Blur. Uh, the second, though, was with Hawkman. Straight up, DC Comics, Hawkman on a Baby Ruth commercial. And I was like, you know what's sad about this? Is that most people seeing this commercial would probably think that this is just some bullshit made-up comedic superhero for this commercial. And they have no idea that it's actually been licensed to them by DC Comics. Like, this is a guy who's been around for decades. He he had his own Super Friends figure, you know? Well, wasn't there a Condor superhero? Like, uh... Yeah, no. I, I remember, not DC or anything, I thought. Oh, yeah, was... yeah, not DC, but yeah, I yes, there was. You're right. I'm going to type this in. Baby Ruth. Condor Man. Condor man. Oh my god, Condor man. Is this a, another Willie Ames vehicle? Go away. Yeah, probably. Uh directed by Charles Jarius. Uh let's see. I remember it because I I'm pretty sure I rented it when uh when it came out. This sounds right. Oof man, the quality on that is terrible. Trying to find this fucking thing in it was in a it was in the time before we had uh high definition, you know, it was nineteen ninety oh, wow. it was nineteen ninety seven. That's <laughs> how long smokes. ago it was. Wow. That is uh I remember this movie. Is that Scott Howard? Uh let's see. Michael Crawford, Oliver <sighs> Reed. Uh, hey, uh, I know you're really a condor, but uh Oliver you Reed come out of the bathroom. I don't remember him being in that movie. Holy flirkin' schnick. Wow. Yes. Robert Loja? It was it was definitely Scott's dad from Teen Wolf. Nice. Wow, this is something. Well, you know, I, I know I know, you know, Oliver Reed, talented actor, but whenever I see him, all I can see is Bill Sykes from Oliver. Oh, there he is. I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but also that art there, is that Mike Grell's art? From uh, like the Longbow Hunters, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys. Maybe I know what you're talking about. Okay. I know what you're talking about the Green Arrow story. Yes, yeah, which is a yeah. great book. Eh, I mean, I'm not a big Green Arrow fan, but no, there's there's a couple stories for the character where like they're definitive, and the Longbow Hunters is one of them. Maybe Quiver would be another one. You know, the the Kevin Eastman's or cheese uh, Kevin Eastman, the uh, Kevin Smith story. So it's like there's, there's a couple that you'd look at and you'd be like, well, these are definitive stories of the character. I I put that one in it, but I don't even think it's canon anymore. I don't know. Yeah, let me, Leo. Let me let me share something real quick. Yeah. So 
Get your is, shit off the fucking screen. Is it the preview for The Devil and Max Devlin? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Who doesn't love Elliot Gould and Bill Cosby? Oh, my goodness. See? I, I, I muted it. That is... Um, you should you should unmute that. Oh wow. Wow, that is that is Hawkman. Huh. That's not even Michael Shanks. Okay. Who is who is really the only acceptable Hawkman in my eyes? Huh. Wow. This looks like a funnier die thing. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, so you see what I'm talking about when I say uh, people would just be like, oh, what a stupid fucking character. Why did they even bother making that for this candy bar? But uh, no, no. If you look real close at the beginning, it says Hawkman and all related characters, names, and indicia are trademarks of DC Comics circa 1997. That's that's fantastic. Least stupid. <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's another one that they did with a character called the Blur, which I can only imagine is like a public domain character from like 1941 that they they managed to like get into a commercial. I don't know the history behind it. But uh yeah, man, like Definitely not doing the character any favors, but at least it wasn't it wasn't like the uh, low hanging fruit of like making fun of Aquaman or anything. Honestly, kind of kind of glad we've gotten away from uh, the the whole what he just talks to fish thing because I just watched a Family Guy episode on that where they made fun of Namor, you know, and then they had oh Aquaman, yay, do the thing, and he had fish jumping, and Namor's like, but I have little wings on my feet. <laughs> I'm bunch like, of nerds in that writer's uh, writer's room, I'll tell you that. Holy <laughs> shit. But, I mean, Aquaman is just like, regardless of, of anything else, I've never, I'm, I'm not somebody who's like in deep on the fucking adventures of, of Arthur Curry. But I have, I have, uh, yeah, waka waka, waka waka waka. <laughs> so you have but, no desire to go in depth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be... I mean, it's it's fathoms beyond me, man. <laughs> but uh, the thing the thing is, uh, with that character, regardless of the silly uh, presentations of him or, or anything like that, just going on what we know, uh, you know, geek wise, um, and not to say that he's had the best run of series or anything, but. He would be an incredibly tough character. Incredibly. I mean, this is a guy who can swim at the depths of the Marianas Trench. And he can he can swim at speeds equal to some of the speeds that we see Superman flying at, you know, in the sky. Um the strength and durability that he would like uh display when he was on land would put him like well above, let's say the, the weight class of Superman circa 1938 to 1940, which is nothing to sneeze at. 
I heard uh, one time Wonder Woman said that uh, he gives her problems. You know, sometimes it's like like he's like that that good. You know, like yeah, not like Shazam quality, but it's like could he match big to big Barda? I'm sure he could. You know, and that's a big deal. Yeah, and, and I I do like that Jeff Johns coming back with like ni- the new Fifty Two. Like he did finally imbue a lot more what felt like organic scrap into the character as opposed to like Peter David kind of having his hand forced by the extreme nineties approach to everything. Um, he you know, they want trying to make the character relevant. That was, the that's problem. what I'm, that's what, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like they, they, it's not just about making them relevant, but they, they wanted to like change the look of him, change the perception of him. And oh, there are horrible blue outfit. Blech. There are better ways to go about doing it. I don't think like having weird piranha eat off his hand and replace that hand with a fucking harpoon is necessary um, to make the character, you know, relatable or or you know, put on the map. If you tell good stories, that that will shine through. Uh, and and I will say, like the new Fifty Two stuff that started up with Jeff Johns, it actually was pretty strong, um, and initially. But that was the case for a lot of the new Fifty Two. Initially, there were some really good ideas, and the follow through and continuation, I, I felt there was a, a half hearted approach to it, and and that hurt everything across the board. Well, I, I'm sure Super Friends didn't really help that much either you know i'm sure that's where a lot of the you know bad rep comes super from. friends for aquaman oh oh <laughs> sorry i i i'm, I'm like uh, 52 super friends what oh. the, did i fucking miss something <laughs> uh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah. definitely didn't help but well he had his own Hanna barbera series too you know yeah so there was a like, separate Aquaman series aside from Super Friends, uh, and yes, not not helpful in the long run. I will say at the time, wildly appropriate. No problem with what they were doing, absolutely. But uh, as a as a character, not to be taken like serious to the point of of grimdark or anything. Yeah, not um, until you get to Justice League, where uh, he does cut off his own hand with his belt buckle. To save yeah. his son, so yeah, uh, you're but, like, oh shit, <laughs> this this happened. <laughs> but there's there's enough to the character, and I think that's actually a, a a great thing that Jason Momoa brought to his presentation uh, in live action is that Arthur Curry is a guy who was raised by a a, a friggin' you know a longshoreman essentially. You know, there's. This is a guy who lived in the coast of New England. You Maine. Know, he's a... <laughs> <laughs> you lived in Maine. Was he it? Is it? Is it? Is it officially like? Is it Maine? I believe. I believe it is actually. Okay. Not. Yeah, okay. But I mean, regardless, like, yeah, he. It's still New England. He's um, a Mainer. But yeah, like that. The fact that he, that's the way he grew up in the area he grew up in, like. Yeah, he wouldn't necessarily just be like some. Uh, how do I how do I say like he? I don't want to say he was ineffective, but he he wouldn't he wouldn't seem like 
so useless by any stretch. And he certainly wouldn't just be a wallflower that like fades into the background. You know, uh, yeah. Especially not being a king for sure. Yeah. It, this is, this is a guy who has all this power and his whole life has been about the fact that he can do this stuff in water because of water. And he has a fucking like fisherman dad, like combine that with the aloof way of life throughout this entire region of the country. Aquaman's going to be like a real tongue in cheek kind of smarmy dick. And, and, and I love that. And there's, there was a, a lot of that like smirking, like, yeah, I'm a smart ass and you're actually a little just too stupid to get all the sarcasm or more to the point, the sarcasm that a lot of us new Englanders, uh, present it's actually, it, and I was, I was not aware of this until I actually kind of like exchanged with more people from way, way, way out of state, like different regions of the country. Uh, people think we're mean. You are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> New England, and, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to put a capstone on this because I'm going to tell you, it's like not even what, what you think. Like Massachusetts drivers, you're bad. Like it's, you're scary. You know, and, and people from Connecticut, like and I'm from Connecticut. I don't know why, but yeah, they're mean. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, here, but, but, but I've, <laughs> I've, I've said it before, like, it's not that it's not that people and I'm not talking about just from Massachusetts. I mean, New England, like the entire region. We are seen <laughs> as aloof throughout the rest of the country, like in, in toto, like from Connecticut and Rhode Island all the way up through Maine. We are seen as like aloof kind of like, you know, side eye. What the fuck is wrong with you kind of individuals in like to a point, not wholly incorrect. However, the sarcasm that we display, the, the, the sarcastic remarks, the caustic remarks that we reply, um, we're all used to them in new England. You know, our sense of humor, the way we regard one another, like even from state to state, like there's a there's an understanding when people are from this general area that we all kind of like have that slight base connection where it's like, oh, all right, like, yeah, I get it. I oh, all right. You're I, you're you're like kind of a dick, but that's actually kind of funny. And, and that's the that's the way it goes. Like we're not necessarily busting chops to be a jerk. We're busting chops because we are genuinely amused at busting chops. Like that's exactly how it goes. But the rest of the country doesn't understand that way of thinking or behaving. So through and through, they're like, yeah, people from New England are mean. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are just mean. I, I was just kidding earlier, just so any yeah, of the listeners and, hold that against me. But and, I was uh, just actually kidding. So the, except for the master's driver's part. I will say this, like we are, we are, we are kind in New England, but we're not nice about it, you know, and, and, and that's like the exact opposite of what you see in most of the rest of the places across this entire country is that most other people are nice, but they're not kind. You know, the, the difference, and I've illustrated this same example on, on other things, but the difference is like someplace outside of New England 
somebody could have a flat tire on the side of the road or they could really need help on the side of the road, but nobody's going to stop to help them. They'll drive on by and they'll just be like, oh, man, I really hope that everything works out for them. But they keep going like that's nice. but It's not really kind in New England. That same person could see you like see a person pulled over and, and they clearly need help. And so they pull over and they're like, hey, what, what the fuck is going on over here? Like, oh, I, I, I have a flat, but I'm just, I, I don't know how to do it or I don't have the right jack for it. Like, how the fuck do you not have the right jack? Hold on, let me see. I got a, I got a regular jack. I'll, I'll just fucking, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. All right, let me give, you already loosened the lug nuts? All right, and they go through the whole thing. They say, now listen, you want to make sure if you have something like this, and they show you, and then they take care of the whole thing. They finish up and go, all right, you all set? All right, good. Now, like, just make sure you're fucking prepared next time. Later. And they get in their car, and they go, not nice, but kind. There's a world of difference. You know, and... That is fair. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, that's that's New England in a nutshell. We will help you, but we will bust your balls the entire time we are helping you. Like, oh, really? You need help with that? Oh yeah, no, I'll help you with it, you fucking idiot. Only a fucking moron. <laughs> like that's that's how it goes, you know. It's like, yeah, we will absolutely help you. It's actually not a problem. But we're gonna let you know why this shouldn't be something. You're actually quoting you my with. uncle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I feel like I'm quoting my uncles. It's like these people I was around my entire life. So I, I feel like I have a I have a pretty straightforward view on on how uh, how we operate throughout this entire region, and you know, I think I think ni- niceness to kindness varies to, varies to just certain degrees, north and south. However, you go in this area from Maine down to Connecticut, but or Vermont even, um, but it's pretty much the same across the board. So yeah, there's there's that. Uh, how do I relate that? Uh, Happy Harbor is 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 in New England. Okay, there we go. It's the 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 fake town of Justice Society, and then eventually I think that's where the uh, Justice Young Justice League. is, and that's where the Justice League started out in their fake hollowed out mountain. So yeah, so Happy Harbor is it Rhode Island? I don't know. I thought it was Maine. I, I don't know. Oh, maybe it, everything's in Maine, man. Not sure. I'm not sure. I know. I don't understand we have was, like shores down this way too. I was looking at this one. Well, d- does anybody even acknowledge Rhode Island? Only Family Guy. Where? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they have their own superhero at one point? <laughs> Rhode Island. Happy Harbor is in Rhode Island. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, good for them. So Happy Harbor is where the Justice Society and shit hang out. So they get Red Justice. Tornado. So. That's something. Do, do with that what you will, I suppose. <laughs> there's, there's literally like when we were talking about de- definitive stories for um, uh, characters. There's one good story, as far as I know, for Red Tornado, and I, I think may- maybe like one and a half if you count like Red Tornado during Fifty Two, like when they're doing like the weekly comics and all that. That was one of them, and then after that, like the Brad Meltzer stuff. Like the the lightning um, issues that they had was all about like Red Tornado. It was like the the beginning of that era of Justice League by Brad Meltzer. That was pretty good. But otherwise, Red Tornado. Who cares? You know. I I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You just you bring up Brad Meltzer, and 
just to show you the power of of his storytelling, I left all <laughs> I was reading. I was reading, rereading the several separate issues of Identity Crisis, and I had all seven of my bagged and boarded issues out on the coffee table in my mother's house when I was still living there, you know, years and years ago. And the way that my siblings and I often operated was if there was a book out, it was fair game. (laughs) Like we're, we're just nerds. We love reading. And it's like, if you left it out, even if you were in the middle of it, that book is going to be read. And especially if you're in the middle of it, because it's like, Oh, it's good enough for you to have gotten to the middle of it. Let me, let me see what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Well, my sister had nothing to read. And the only thing on the coffee table were those like several issues of identity crisis. So she carefully opened each, um, each one. And because she's my sister, she knows how to read comics. So she like laid a pillow out across her lap, kept the, kept the comics flat, you know, made sure she didn't bend the pages as she, as she was reading. And she read the whole thing while I was out. Like I was not home. I had no, I walked into the door of my mother's house and my sister immediately was like, I read all of identity crisis. I was like, Oh, cool. Did you, did you like it? And she legitimately just straight up went is, is that what all comics are like? (laughs) Because I would like to read more of them. And I was like, oh, Siobhan, no, but I can find the good ones for you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it it just goes to show the power of a good story. It doesn't matter how well you know everybody or how long you've been reading them. If it's good, it's good. She read every fucking frame, every panel of each one of those comics and came to me and said, I love this story. Are there more stories like this? Is this what they are all like? You know, that's, that's incredible. Such a, that's such a deep read too, you know, with so much going on in it. And it is, it's, it's good. Like, I, I think it's a great book. I know people who say they don't like it. And I'm like, do you not like it because of the subject matter? Do you not like it because you think the characters are out? Because I mean, if you look at the characters, Batman is very much Batman here, you know, like, what, what are you going to tell me that like Zatanna is not Zatanna? I totally give that a pass if that was the case, but like, well, I mean... listen, listen for, <laughs> I just think it speaks volumes that my sister who has a very cursory at, at best. And this is not an insult to her, but at best cursory knowledge of some of these characters, just because of the fact that she's my sister. So we shared a childhood. she, probably got a few things here and there from osmosis, but she didn't know like who Dr. Light was or, yeah. or the elongated man, anything like that. And she read that whole story from cover to cover. And she was just like, yes, now more, you know, it, it Here's just the question. It, what was the next book you gave her? Oh, I was just thinking, I know like Leo, Leo, um, you and I probably would say Kingdom Come, but does that have the same gravitas if you don't know who the characters are? You know, honestly, I can't remember. I, I don't know that she necessarily read a whole lot more. I do know that she uh, went out on her own and found a few things. She actually bought a, some Serenity 
uh, Firefly uh, graphic trades on her own, completely on her own, because like she also like I had the show on DVD, so she fucking yoinked it and watched it. She's like close by. I love this show, and I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I hope you fucking enjoyed it because that's all you're gonna goddamn get. Like that's that's all she wrote, kid. And he says um, New Englanders are kind. Yeah, right. I said kind, <laughs> not nice. Yeah. I I gave her the info. I just wasn't nice about it. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, Pat Oswald did a couple of those books. Actually, she uh, she actually went out and um, bought Neil Gaiman's Stardust graphic novel. Oh, with Charles Vess's art. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a beautiful one. She really loved it, but at the same time, she's like, "This is the." This is not like the movie. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to tell you, kid. <laughs> the, movie, the movie's fun, you know. I, I, I love the movie. The movie's fun, I, you know. I think Matthew Vaughn did a great job. You know, he adapted it properly for the medium he was telling the story in, and everybody I, in it is excellent. Leo, that would probably be a fun one for you guys to cover on splash pages at some point. Stardust, uh, Stardust, yeah, that would be cool. That it's a good read. It, I think everybody book, would like it. It's a graphic novel and a movie. I've never seen the movie. Any, yeah. That's how actually. That's how I knew who Charlie Cox was when he was cast yep. as Daredevil. Because he uh, the, the yeah, new character and, of Tristan. And Henry Cavill's in the movie. Yep, back when he was skinny and he dyed his hair blonde and grew a mustache. Funny enough, for the role. Um, Sienna Miller is also in it. Uh, she plays the. Uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, yes. Um, <laughs> also has, uh, oh my God. Robert is De Niro. You know? is, what the hell is it? one of this? The two sisters that of uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie. I, I I can't think who they are, but I mean. Um, Mark Strong. Mark Strong, yeah, as the uh, the the brother there. Was he Septimus. Seven? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and, um, You know if Mark Strong's in a movie that's a comic adaptation, he's going to be great. Like, you can count and, uh, on that. Jason yeah. Fleming in it, as well yep. as, as his brother, one of the other prince, one of the other seven princes. Um, yeah, it, it, that it's such a it's such a good flick. It's a it's a it's a fairy tale, essentially. That's really what it boils down to. You could watch uh, it with the misses, actually. And yeah, you know, she would probably really people. enjoy it. Claire Danes is, and, and this is not a it's not a a, a backhanded remark towards uh, anybody out there who could possibly be listening that might be like blonde and and you know big blue eyed or what have you. But um, Claire Danes is not really my like go to type. I don't really I don't really go for like blonde and and uh you know uh tanned and stuff like that it's just not my thing but uh it is probably the prettiest i've ever seen her and and, and i'm not i don't judge claire dane's like solely on looks i i think she's a talented actress i've really liked her in a number of things i've seen her in but she is like there's something about her she the way she she approaches the role and the character design it's it really is a combination too because she's such a good actress though the absolute light that she brings forth in herself through and for the character she's she's beautiful in this movie and she is she's tough and also vulnerable uh and Michelle Pfeiffer plays such a 
fucking <laughs> bad guy awesome. in this movie. It's awesome. fantastic. It's such a nice term for Michelle Pfeiffer too, because she like never gets to play. She plays the evil witch. Michelle Pfeiffer plays the evil witch, not like a oh, I'm going to end up being a witch who tricked the devil and everything ends up well for me in some somewhere in New England, like Witches of Eastwick, which, yeah. no, like, this is full-blown, this bitch would, would definitely dip an apple in poison to kill her fucking daughter kind of shit. And does. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, Leo, it's got aspects of um, Hocus Pocus to it, so it's got like that cheeky sort of humor and like there's there's a lot of playing in it. So it's like, oh, this is this is going to be silly, but it's also going to be like really good and poignant. So it has like those epis like the epicness of like Lord of the Rings sort of adventure, but also like the cheeky comedy bits of like a hocus pocus. Honestly, Stardust would be a great double feature with The Princess Bride. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Set him if, up and knock him down. Yeah, if 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 you were to combine, like, I I guess Snow White with or actually I shouldn't say combine. It falls in between like Snow White and the court jester with a bit of Errol Flynn thrown in. Do you remember the little prince? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so like, kind of like aspects of that, like the naivete. And, yeah. Cause there, yeah. there is actual magic. Munchausen. You, like, yeah. The adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yep. It, it, it's a, it's such a, it's such a fun movie. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I'll have to, I'll, you know, I'll it probably was on Netflix not too long ago. I'll rewatch it with, with Dara this weekend. Um, it's and one of our favorite movies. The, the book is fantastic. Like yeah. uh, Neil Gaiman does the, the book and it's like a, a good, decent sized novel. I tore through it cause it was really good. Then I, I moved on to, Never they did Wear change the name of the main character from the book to the movie because in the, in the book, his name is Tristran. Uh, but that was just a little too <laughs> British slash tea baggy for, um, for everybody, including like the British filmmaker who was making the movie. He was like, yeah, Tristan's really hard to say. We're just going to make it Tristan. And uh, so they, they changed it into Tristan for that. But it really is. It's such a great movie. And it it's, I think, a, another phenomenally solid example of how well Matthew Vaughn and Jane Goldman work together. Goldman work together as a, a writing duo. This, this may be considered um, on a lot of lists of Robert De Niro's worst performances. I disagree. So, no, because um, I, I, I completely agree with you on disagreeing because yeah. it's such a non-De Niro type role. And I think, in all honesty, that was why it, it drew De Niro to it. Because it was a fun role, unlike all the other stuff that he's constantly doing bad There's grandpa n- 10 <laughs> oh god but this was before that point too you oh, know? Yeah, like, well before that yeah. he was trying to have fun and honestly he does have fun in this role he's good in it and i think just way too many people couldn't see past robert de niro in the role that's that's the main thing like 
he he represents a particular type of film to a lot of people and for them to see him in this they they couldn't accept the character they could only see the actor and uh that's a huge disservice to the work that Robert De Niro does in it because he's delightful in, in the yeah. short amount of time he has in the movie. He is delightful. I highly recommend it, Leo, to both you and Megan. Like I watched this movie for the first time with Dara and it's one of our favorite movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guarantee if I say to Dara tomorrow, cause I'm not going to say it tonight. It's fucking at, time we're recording this is now 10 23 p.m eastern standard time but tomorrow if i say to dara hey you want to watch stardust i guarantee you she'll say yes i could say that about very few movies off the top of my head stardust and stranger than fiction starring will ferrell i know for a fact if i bring either one of those movies up dara will say yes let's watch them you know so i i i highly recommend it You'll fall in love with the story and the characters. It it's it's so much fun. It's it's an absolute fairy tale, and it and it's not. And here's the key point that really I think makes makes it important to for anybody who's like not heard of it, and they're like, I don't know, fairy tale. You keep saying that. It's not saccharine. It's it it doesn't leave you with that like oh now my teeth feel gritty from too much sugar I need to go brush them. Sensation. No, it's got that never-ending story darkness to it. It's like <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even go that far. I wouldn't even go that far. I, no, I it's not going it to destroy your childhood. But I think like, it's more of a it's more of a Princess Bride ending. But but the book was a lot darker, you know. So that's that's just yeah. But I'm but I'm talking yeah. specifically about the movie specifically because yeah, you should you should watch it. Yeah, because no, no I mean, I can talk mud. about the Princess Bride movie versus book, and it's the same exact story. Like, like, uh, the book there's, is a little, little dicier than the book, movie. And, and I'm like, all right, when are we going to see this unicorn lion fight? And it never happened. And, no. and I'm like, I'm like, it never happened. You want to talk about something that was dark? That was a dark, bloody ass battle in the book, and it never happens in the movie. So you know, they have they have those those animals in the movie, but they don't. Uh, go at it yeah you you should you should check it out it, it was um it was it was a great movie it's a good book uh it's a good graphic novel done through vertigo yep um so yeah it's it's well worth your time in all honesty i'm it, i'm just for for funsies real I'm quick they don't own that and i know i don't own that but i only have one book by charles vess a british uh, artist but great <clears> stuff <throat> I'm trying to see who the the sisters were. One of, wasn't one of them. You think it was Lucy Punch? Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was, but I can't remember. Uh, oh, shit, Brandon, why are you looking for that? Leo and I were talking earlier today, and we each read both of the Amalgam comics. We read the uh, the other one too, which is uh, what is this? Let's see what it's called. The Super Soldier one we were talking about. Uh Super Soldier Man of War. So Ah uh, yes, that's from uh movies. that's from Wave Two. And um we had talked about this before. Um in this JLX book that they had, they did have a Marvel and Captain Marvel crossover character. Yes, they they did. It, it, it but they don't cover anything. 
Yeah, and you see him briefly in the JLX, and then they talk about him more in the other one, in the JLX. Yeah, the this like the kind of two page splash, or is it one place one page splash that they do with uh, Captain Marvel? That that shows him like flying off of a boat with like the the rest of the team moving out. That that particular illustration confused the fuck out of me when I was a kid. Because I, honest to God, couldn't, I had no idea, I couldn't figure out what the fuck those green things were around Captain Marvel that he was, like, surrounded by, that he was controlling. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I hadn't revisited even some of that imagery until recently since we've been covering this amalgam stuff. Yeah. And it only just now occurred to me whilst looking at it before the show that those green things are fucking arrows. Yeah, that are being shot by the Green Arrow Hawkeye amalgam character, but he's not even facing that fucking direction whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's a little wonky. So it's... yeah, they never should have put those arrows by by Captain Marvel. It really Howard confused. Porter, you're on notice. It really confused the fuck out of me when I was a kid. I I just did not get it. But uh. I was I was wondering if they mixed a Wonder Man in there or something, but just because I saw like that ionic sort of effect, but um, I I don't believe so after after rereading it. No, I would say not. Um, but yeah, so I'd still like to see a, a more fleshed out version of that character. I I'm surprised they didn't do that character as one of their like their main six, like just because of the fact that. They had a, a, you know, it's the namesake of the company, one company and one of yeah. the characters. Like, it just seems like it was a no brainer. Maybe there was just too much fighting over who would have owned the character DC or Marvel. Yeah. And, and there is that bad blood uh, with Captain Marvel, Mar- you know, all of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting too because it seems like that would have been one of the more interesting stories. And like from when we see the what were the Justice League of Avengers or something like that, and it's Dark Judgment Rock. League of Avengers. Yeah, Judgment. I hate so that you, I know that off the top of my head, but I do. Yeah, it's it doesn't roll off the tongue nicely. And, and it's no, like it's awful. Amazon um super soldier it Dark should have been, was it, somehow. It should in have there. been the Justice League of Avengers. It really should have, yeah. It really should have been. Um, it doesn't make it doesn't make any fucking sense to call them judgmently because they were they were never about judgment. Avengers, you know. Yeah, but it, they never they never should have called themselves judgment. Like that's never ever been what it's about. Judgment is not the same as justice. I, but I yeah. agree. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. <Mister laughs> Upper- Missed opportunity. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've been watching a lot of uh, Owl House. We finished. Oh, that's a show. great show. Yep. It really is. We uh, we we watched it and we really loved it. It's. I think it's a really. It's actually. I know it. I think Justin, you'd agree with me. Um, it's a nice flip side of the coin slash sister show to gravity falls oh i agree yeah i think they even cross over at some point because uh they've got some uh history together in the well yeah i mean alex hirsch is obviously involved with 
with uh, the Owl House. He does the voice of King uh, as well as Hootie, the the Owl of the titular house. Um, but he was a creative consultant on the show, and the show was created and run by his uh, then longtime girlfriend, uh, Dana Terrace. And uh, Dana Ferris. Yeah, right. Uh, Dana Terrace and um, From Ghostbusters. <laughs> but oh, Dana uh, Ferris. Sorry, Drew's, no. Drew's kicking me from my phone. Yeah. It's actually, no, it's actually the name. It's actually Barrows from yeah. Ghostbusters. But yes, um, but uh, in the first season, King, the little demon dog cat character, voiced by Alex Hirsch, he um he uses the same voice for King that he does for for. Uh, bill cypher in gravity falls but he's putting together like a board and he has like a bunch of different like demons and stuff that he's listing on them and if you look on it i think it's like episode four or three or four or five of of season one uh he has a little green post-it note that he drew a picture of bill cypher on that's, that's awesome. on the board <laughs> yeah. so right there that's a, there's a connective tissue between between the two like they're aware of it um, so, you know, weird Mageddon as it, as it were. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Leo's so lost right now. He has no idea yep. what the owl house yeah, is. Yeah. But the character of King goes Wah! all the time. And I, I haven't been able to stop fucking doing it since we watched the show. Usually I go, meh, but it's just a simple matter of turning the M upside down. <laughs> and, and that's what it's become. So you're saying I, it's an Elseworlds version of meh. Yes, it's inverted, <laughs> indeed. Oh, I finished Picard. Oh, what'd you think, man? Oh, so good. I liked it. Right? I don't know what people are complaining about. I liked it a lot. It, it was... A... Listen, I liked Picard, like I said the other night, from the first season to the third season. I had no problem with the first season. I really didn't. It yeah. did not bother me. Well, I wanted, I, I wanted more of the third season. I, That's what I wanted. I, I didn't hate the first season. It was just that it was very slow. So I, I thought the rest of the show was going to be like that. Once, once again, though, like for my for my part, I understand that that um, commentary. I really do. I understand the commentary on season one of Picard. For myself, though, I didn't come into it with any expectation other than it was going to be about Picard, like post Federation. Like that was it. Like he's retired Picard. What does that mean? You know, that's all I knew. And so watching it, I was like, oh, this is definitely some shit that has nothing to do for the most part with him being a captain on a ship. Like it didn't bother me. I was like, this is it's actually for me. It was kind of refreshing. I'm like, oh, this isn't just him on a bridge and trying to figure out a solution to a dire situation straight away. And then saying engage or make it so number one it, it was it was a different approach to how he would deal with a problem that was in front of him and then like i said season two it was a fun redux of a similar story we had seen previously it wasn't exactly the same and the end result was completely different and i actually appreciated the end result of season two. Like I, I like Allison pill regardless. And that might be uh, my one disappointment of, of season three. Of season Is that three? she wasn't in it? Yep. Yeah. The honest, 
honestly, like that, that's probably the only thing that I was just a little like, oh, bummer. But it didn't like ruin the season for me. That, that, uh, that's the question I have for you is the new Borg. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be guarding that wormhole, but they never came back to that. Nope. Well, because they're, they're guarding that wormhole. I mean, and, and, now, and the actor that played Hugh died uh, too, so you knew he wasn't going to come back, even though his character died on the show. So, but they weren't going to bring him back or anything. But I do think they've seeded it so that that particular version of the board can be revisited yeah. at any other point, which I think was the smart move. They did a nice job with that, yeah. I, Especially I, with having the the kid from Aragon and all that playing uh Jack Jack Picard or Jack Crusher, yeah. Oh, dude, that blew my fucking mind too because it wasn't until like, honest to God, we were like at the end of the season. I was like, that's it. I'm fucking looking this dude up. Like, like who is this kid? Was, I know I fucking know this dude from somewhere, <laughs> and I I look it up and I was like, get the fuck out of here. And Dara's like, what? What was he in? And I was like, nothing you've ever fucking seen. And she's like, no, what? I was like, he was in Aragon. She was like, okay, yeah, you were right. It's nothing I've ever fucking Christopher, seen. Christopher Penaloni book? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, okay. I, like, listen, I've never read the book. Um, I, I don't know any. when he was 19, dude. I, I never knew anything about it. The reason I saw the movie was because of my friend Jeremy uh, for, that I've known since high school. Um, Jeremy Irons? Yes, Jeremy Irons. Oh, we went to high school together because I'm because <laughs> I'm that fucking old. Um, I'm, I'm a Rhodes Scholar, even that wouldn't you know it? Better for uh, you, Mister McLean. Yes, <laughs> but uh, no, my friend Jeremy. He's you know he was one of the group of guys that I was friends with that they all played D and D on a certain day, and I was like, hey, on that certain day, forget my phone number, you know, like. They that's they were all into the swords and sorcery thing, and uh, I never had any judgment. I was just like, it's not my bag. So you guys do your thing. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum because I'm just not gonna be having fun if if you try to make me be present for that. Uh, but that movie came out, and he was like, I really really want to watch Aragon, and so. We didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. We grabbed it and watched it on TV at, at home. Like we we rented it and we all sat down to watch it. And he was just like, "Oh, I'm so excited about this!" And like we watched the movie, and I was just like, "Dude, what the fuck did I do to you that I had to sit here <laughs> it's and watch this movie for like two fucking hours?" Like, I I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as like when yeah. one of my it's friends not from Dungeons the same... and Dragons with Marlon Wayans. So. Listen, my my friend Rob from that same group, when Jeepers Creepers 2 came out in theaters, he was like, oh, my God, we got to go see this. And I was like, I have not seen the first movie in. <laughs> you're you're going to get lost. <laughs> I've I but like, I have not seen the first movie. And quite frankly, I just have zero interest in this movie. Is there not any other thing? that we could go spend two hours in an air conditioning, air conditioned cinema to view. And he was just like, no, I don't really want to see this. I'll make a deal with you. We'll go see this movie. It was my, my brother and I, uh, we were going to go see it with him and a few other people. And I was like, I'll make a deal with you. We'll go, we'll buy our tickets. And if this movie sucks, like straight up sucks, I want you to give me my money back. 
My name wow. is And he was like, okay, fine. And so we went to see it. There were so many people in the theater. Like it was packed for this movie that we couldn't all sit together. So my buddy Rob and the other few friends, there happened to be like four seats together. And then there were two seats, like just a couple rows past uh, up. Uh, I was like, listen, you four go sit there. My brother and I will we'll go sit in these two seats over here. Not a problem. It was perfect because they were aisle seats. So mwah, per- we exactly where we like to sit. And <laughs> while we were in the theater, um, my brother and I were just like so bored. We were making snide comments to ourselves while we were watching the movie. Uh, then the girl, the girl two rows ahead of us turned around to the girl directly in front of us. She was like, Take your foot off my goddamn seat. And uh, we were like, oh, shit. What's about to happen? Oh, I wonder if it's going to take your foot off the seat. Let's let's find out. We started paying more attention to this situation than anything that was happening up on screen. And then the girl in front of us put her foot up on the girl's seat again. And she stood up and went, I thought I told you to take your foot off my goddamn seat. And my brother goes, oh, shit, girl. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, oh, he no. was, I was like, dude, stop. <laughs> like, he was definitely instigating. Uh, but it was fucking like because when he said that, like he definitely like, believe it or not, diffused the situation because even like the two girls were like, All right, that was a goofy white boy that just said that. Right. Like, <laughs> um, so like. The girl was like, I'm sorry. And, you know, just kind of settled down and sat back down. Nothing happened again. But it was definitely the most entertaining part of anything that happened in that cinema that night. And uh, we walked outside after the movie was over. And my brother and I were standing there just like waiting for Rob and our other friends to come out. And Rob walked right up to me and handed me a $20 bill. (laughs) There you go. I was like, yeah, that's. That's about right, pal. <laughs> my my was... buddy uh, flew out to San Diego Comic-Con, I want to say in 2011, and uh, he actually sat next to the writer, Christopher Paloni, and okay. um, they had a great conversation about the film Dark City. So he's a cool a dude. Movie. So he, so no matter, no matter what, that's, that's my memory of this. When he told me that he'd be like, yeah, he wrote Eldegast and he wrote Aragon and all that. And it's like, he really loves dark city. He said it was better than, than like all these other, I'm like, dude, you know what? He's okay in my book. So <laughs> it's funny is they actually sold a bunch of the sets from dark city to the production for the matrix. And that's why there's yeah, so much similarity between how the the two look and the, especially in the very beginning of the movie I feel like when you told me that before yeah. they're approaching uh Trinity before you know at the at, at the very beginning when they're chasing around the rooftops and stuff that's all from Dark City I may have to watch that what Dark City yeah I, I love Dark City I bought the director's cut a couple of years ago and have it on my voodoo it's 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 good stuff like it's it's fucking you know banana pants but yeah oh yeah it's crazy it's fucking great yeah. Kiefer sutherland man is their fucking little turncoat mangala jesus and christ streamer <laughs> and then yeah, after and- that he goes on to be jack bauer and you're like what <laughs> that's not uh, dr schreiber it blew my fucking mind because like my dad watched that movie with me um like i had seen it once already but like my dad was you know, he he was the progenitor of me being into like weird, nerdy, geeky stuff. 
And so it was like on stars or something. He's like, oh, what's this? And and you turn it on where we're watching the whole damn thing. And as as we're watching it, uh, he was just like, wait a minute. Is that? Huh. That's funny. And I was like, what? He goes, oh, that's Riff Raff. And I was like, what? He goes, that's Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was like, who the fuck is Riff Raff from Kiefer Sutherland? All right, pops. I think we're gonna have to go to the doctor. Uh, he goes, no, no Mister Mister. That Andrew. guy right yeah. next to him, and I was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, I think his name is like Richard O'Brien or something like that." And I was like, "No," and uh, sure enough, yeah, my dad was one hundred percent correct. Like the head bald dude, Mister Hand, was fucking Richard O'Brien, the same guy who wrote and created and played riffraff in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. I didn't know that, but I totally see it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh it's Riff Raff with a shaved head, man. Like he's he's good in the role too. He's he's suitably yeah. Oh, yeah. he's suitably creepy. Um yeah, and that was definitely like a, a a nice precursor to the Matrix. You know, you get like Dark City, The Matrix, Existence. Oh my god, yeah, I have that on VHS somewhere. And maybe Very- maybe just Maybe just for funsies, throwing the thirteenth floor. Thirteenth floor, yep. With the uh, oh, equilibrium. Oh man, that movie, yeah. the movie's potential. Yeah, it the movie's potential better. was so much better than what the movie actually was. It, you know what it is? The movie promises you, like, on the face of it, it promises you like a Matrix style adventure, and what it actually is, is Fahrenheit four five one. Like it, yeah, it's, it's not it's not a great movie. Like it's, it's a it's, quiet it's watch. Yeah, but it's not a great movie. It's a I quiet would existence over that in thirteen. Oh yeah, with David Cronenberg doing a yeah. fucking like questioning reality versus virtual reality thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, take that, that's a sleeper too. Existence. Like I don't think a lot of people have heard of that, but I think that was one of Jude Law's first films. Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, man! Deep, Probably. deep cuts of film today. I mean, not not so much with like Aragon and Princess Bride and stuff like some that. some of those movies we just listed. Uh, though I'll deal with you know altered slash alternate realities. Dark so City, especially like yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that is that is one that is fucking way out there. Like, like can't even explain what those fucking dudes are. It's aliens, basically. I mean toying with this shit just because they can like that. If, if that's not the fucking story of the gods through every goddamn civilization, then I don't know what, what is I ain't saying shit about the movie. Go out and watch it yourself. <laughs> 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 then go watch a scanner darkly and, and you know, just your brain will melt. 